0: let's do it we've uh, we've upgraded the the video and the audio as we've gone here from iPad to, to this and so thank you guys for the patience um you know for for all of us as we're on this journey of self-transformation the whole point of navigate is you become your own best leader your own best guide for your transformation and it's very easy very easy at this point in the journey to lose heart it's wild to me what we're talking about today and how it so matches up with my own personal experience of everything that's going on in the world and what you might be feeling also um and i want to zoom out for a little bit not only just think about the circumstances but think about what it means for us to start to to lose our way do any of you ever hop on social media and you start to scroll through and you look at someone else and you think oh my gosh man Look, look how many more friends they have or look how much more they're getting done or look how much more successful they are. Or, you know, Look, look at the, the safety that they have around their lives and all this chaos or, or look at all the ways that they have, they have strength when I feel so vulnerable. Look at all the ways that they have been taken care of and cared for when I feel like I'm fending for myself. You may not consciously process it that deep, but very easily you can hop on social media and start to compare yourself and feel less than. If you've ever been in that place before, and I know I have, it makes me think a lot like of when I turned 16 and I was starting to drive. I'd gone to pick up my friend and we were pulling out onto a main road to turn left. So I come up to the stop sign. I'm pulling out onto this main road. I look to my left and this car's coming. I have plenty of time in my 86 white Honda Civic to to shift this gear and get out of here. And so as I shift and start to press the gas, I'm pulling out this car that's coming at me, a Camaro, switches lanes, full throttled on the gas it looked like, and is scooting past that car to go past them very fast. And now they're coming straight at me. I won't ever forget, I don't think, my friend sitting beside me that I had picked up. He had a Snickers bar in his hand. He threw the Snickers bar down into the floorboard and went, shit Braced himself on the dashboard because he knew what was coming. It it was one of those weird moments where time just kind of like slowed down, and I saw all of that happen right as now this Camaro T bones into my car. And thankfully, I was okay, and he was okay, and the other driver of the Camaro was okay. But so often, we get this momentum and we're gonna go and we get sidetracked. I heard Paulo Coelho talk about his writing process, about how he starts the morning. And he fiddles around on the internet and he wastes all this time and he starts to feel all this anxiety. He's the writer of The Alchemist and a lot of big bestsellers. And then as he starts to feel that anxiety, he starts to get motivated into action. And I just thought about myself and what it's like to to actually try to move something forward, to to grow, to advance. Anything we're trying to do. And then we get sideswiped by this comparison. It steals all this energy. It takes all this motivation from us. It takes all this energy from us. And then last week we talked about this journey that we're on in the car, and we added a piece to it. We said, first we start with this idea of the windshield. The windshield is the vision of our life. and We see all the thoughts and feelings that we have at any given moment, and how right now, you might feel excitement about today, fear about larger crises in our country or in our world, and 17 things in between that. You could be dreading a meeting, sorry to remind you of it. You could be excited of an opportunity maybe that you have tonight, whatever that is we have this windshield we have all these experiences and we said you know we're more than all those and what starts to help us to know that we're more than all those is we pay attention to the antenna it's where we start to dial into the proving and hiding we pay attention to that antenna because we're showing up too big or too small so many times because of all these thoughts and feelings and struggles and then we said as we drive we start to relax with this antenna this awareness we start to daydream and as we daydream we we see a turn that we want to take and we take that turn And your growth up to this point through our journey and navigate, even in your own life, has been shaped by so many of these turns. I wonder what's over there. And now you've got memories. So we pull over at Vistas and we look back and we take a picture and we get back in the car and we keep driving. And last session we said, we find out as we get back in the car, we're surprised because somebody else is in the car with us. And that somebody else is us. It's the us of the parts that we might be embarrassed by, the parts that we're exiling, the parts that feel very different from us, the parts that we struggle with, the parts that we shame. And this is how we have an internal civil war. This is how we go to battle with ourselves because how do I understand this part? I understand this part by seeing the aggression that I have towards others is the aggression that I have towards myself. So last session we opened up this whole new reservoir for growth and for change. But how do we sustain that change? Because it's easy to start to get a little bit of an inkling of inspiration. It's very hard to keep it. It's easy to tap into a little bit of an emotional state that there's hope. It's very hard to sustain it day by day in a consistent way. And I will tell you right now, I believe this with all of my heart. Everything that's happening on a national and international scale in our world right now, the difference between people who look back to this moment and are proud of who they became in it, and those who didn't are those who learn how to do what I'm gonna share with you today. Not perfectly, but at least consistently show up and keep moving forward, even in the midst of the struggle. They know how to regain heart. They know how to regain motivation. So as we drive in our cars, we look to the left and we get comparison sideswiped, and we look to the right and we find these parts of ourselves that we may not like too much that we wish that we could understand more of but we can't drive looking to the left or the right we have to look forward so we go back to the windshield but we notice something is different something's different on the windshield how many of you have ever remember being when you were in high school or college and I know for some of us this will date us but when you got that tassel for your graduation and you hung it on your rearview mirror. It was like, I got a tassel, I'm legit. I remember my dad had a 1967 Ford truck. We'd go to the Smoky Mountains on it, somewhere between kindergarten and fifth grade. He loved that truck so much. He loved that truck so much he endangered our lives because we would set up lawn chairs, me and my brother, and sit in the back and make that 30 to 45 minute drive to the Smoky Mountains in the back of that 1967 truck sitting on lawn chairs. I don't, I don't know what my mom was thinking but my brother and I loved it. We'd win in our hair amazing. My dad loved that truck. And you know what he hung on the rearview mirror of that truck? Pink fuzzy dice. Now, if that's not a man working out his midlife crisis, I don't know what is. <laughs> so whether it's the tassel, the pink fuzzy dice, remember those dream catchers? Dream catchers people would hang in their rearview mirrors. The rearview mirror became a way that you could like symbolize something about yourself. It's this accomplishment It's this, I did that. It's it's the symbology of the dream catcher. I want to use a word with you that I don't want you to be weirded out by, but this word will help explain what it means to hang that device on your rearview mirror. And the word could just quite simply be called a talisman. A talisman. Throughout human history, as societies have progressed and developed, they've done things to put emotion into objects. So sometimes they're called like a talisman, like maybe a piece of jewelry. Sometimes they're called a totem. And and different traditions use these terms differently. I want to use them interchangeably today. And I want you to start to process with me and get aware of one starting point in your journey after you look to the left and look to the right and you need to look forward. In hard circumstances, you are naturally orienting around some kind of metaphor in your brain to process those hard circumstances. We all do it. In fact, I want to state it to you directly. The first action that I need you to take, if you're going to get unblocked and if you're going to learn how to sustain consistently moving it forward, I need you to surface the metaphor. I need you to surface the metaphor. I need you to welcome the talisman that you're using to organize and orient your life around right now. This happens all the time in our work with people is we coach them. We just ask them, tell me right now a hard circumstance you're facing and how would you describe it? So uh, a real one from this past week, I just feel like the ice is about to break. That was what somebody said. Okay, well, tell me about that. What do you mean the ice is about to break? What if you closed your eyes and imagine the ice breaking? Then what? So even right now, if you took a hard circumstance you're facing, maybe you feel a little overwhelmed or maybe you feel drained by all the craziness around us. What have been the little ways that you've been using phrases to describe where you're at and what's happening? I want you to surface the metaphor because until you surface the metaphor, you're not going to be aware of what you're doing to orient, to motivate, to find a sense of rhythm in the midst of all this chaos. See, the best moments of your life are these moments where you feel like the heat or the pressure is on. That's where the most growth occurs. Now, I love times in my life when I relax into a state and there's some play, it's a summer season, and I mean that metaphorically, also in real uh, uh, time. But I also know this, when the heat is on, and I feel like some 80s song is now playing in my head, when the heat is on, that's my time to grow. When the pressure's there, when I lose heart, when I lose motivation, when I wanna quit, that's the chance that I go, oh, what's what's the metaphor that I need to surface here? Now, here's the real trick, because everybody can really quickly get a sense of what it means to pay attention to the organizing metaphor of their life. Even fewer do this. Peel back when you surface that metaphor and look for the way that you want validation. That metaphor is very often connected to something that you wish people knew more about who you are. The way that I could say it this way is there's there's something you want people to see or feel or hear about who you are. You want them to appreciate that. You want them to recognize that. You want them to give something to you because they recognize, wow, you're in this place where you're facing a lot of challenges. You know, it could be your team leader or your boss or a personal relationship. And, And you just want them to know where you are so bad that in conversation with them, you're describing your situation using some kind of metaphor or analogy or simile, but you're using some kind of metaphor to scream without even saying it with an raised voice, would you see this about me? Would you hear this about me? Would you feel this about me? Now, I wanna say something to you that could be very misunderstood at this point if you're going to be the kind of person who grows and leads themselves, leads themselves, you surface the metaphor, you look for the validation that's in that metaphor, the weak mind at this point will do everything they can to get that validation. Now, I don't want to, mean, I don't want to say weak mind like less than. I, I don't want to say weak mind like I'm shaming somebody or diminishing somebody. I'm saying I know statistically a small percentage of the population will ever be the kind of people to lead themselves. That's just the way it is. And I hope the best for the human race, but I know the best thing that we can do is be the kind of leaders who recognize the validation we want and stop expecting it from another human because it's never gonna be enough validation that they can give us that we'll finally relax. We have to learn to give it to ourselves. When we can be the kind of leader who gives it to ourselves, then we can be the kind of leader who gives it to others, but not in a way to manipulate them, to take them on a path of self-growth also. This is how the impact of transformation really starts to roll down the hill. Now, I wanna give you a powerful way to understand the validation you want. There's a difference between wanting validation for who you are and validation for the job you've done or the, the way that people value in your relationships. We could think about who Chris is or, or who Daniel is. And then we could talk about the roles Chris fulfills, the relationships he has, or the roles Daniel fulfills, or the roles that, uh, or the relationships that Daniel has. I want to do great in my mission. I want my relationships to value me and appreciate me. But if I go to them for a self-definition for who I am, then I'll always seek more validation than the relationship can actually sustain. Frankly, I had to look at myself in the mirror in March and go, you know what, Chris? I believe COVID is going to be around for a while. I believe some things are going to change drastically. And you don't have enough of this to move into this new direction. So, So, Chris, you're falling short on the mission. Now, that didn't have to become shame in my identity. If it becomes shame in my identity, then I start using metaphors to try to give validation. No, I I honestly, objectively look at where I need to improve, and I say, this is what we've got to do. And as I do that, I surface the metaphor, and here's where the transformation occurs. I supply my own meaning. I supply my own meaning. What is a ring on someone's finger? It could be something that somebody gave to them. It could be something that they put on their own hand as a way of creating meaning for a transformative event in their life. What is a ring in a wedding ceremony? All of a sudden now this has tons of significance. What's what's a hammer? What's a hammer in Thor's hand? (laughs) The hammer doesn't make him but he makes the hammer something different. Over and over and over, the message of my life, what I'm trying to say to people is, until you learn to supply your own meaning, until you learn to make your own meaning, you'll always be the object of a broken institution. No institution's perfect, and I hope for our institutions to be transformed. But until you know who you are as a person, to a politician, you're a voter, to a teacher, you're a student, to, your, to a religion, you're an attendee, to a parent, you're a child, and, and when institutions are healthy, they see the person not as an object, but as a fully orbed human. And when we're the kind of people who can supply our own meaning, then we get to make our own meaning. We get to, to, to use the language of ancient societies, emotionally charge our talisman or our totem We don't have to hang a tassel up in our rearview mirror because we're supposed to value graduation. We get to pick whatever it is that we want to hang on our rearview mirror because we're supplying our meaning. See, once I surface the metaphor and I notice the validation I want and I give that to myself, I rewrite the metaphor. I rewrite the analogy to make it something that supplies meaning to me so that I don't have to go get the validation from others. When I was like 24, 25 years old, I had way too much leadership responsibility for my age and like 12 direct reports, you know, a lot of different teams. And I would go into my office and at the time I loved river canoeing and I put a canoe paddle in my office. So in the middle of all the craziness, you know, I, I surfaced the metaphor. I feel driven to go, 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 go. That metaphor is me seeking validation that I want everybody to think I'm doing a good job. No, let me supply my own meaning. All I'm doing is floating down a river and I might paddle faster some days, but I'm cooperating with the flow of this river. Now, once I supply my own meaning, I'm not looking for validation. And in the middle of all the craziness, I can look over at that paddle and get a sense of meaning. Right now for me, my talisman, my object on my rear view mirror is my calendar and it hangs right over here. And so I, you know. I had an open conversation with my family around April about, here's some things that I'm going to be changing and doing. And I told them, June is a huge month. I have to get like all this crazy stuff done. And then now July is a finishing touches month. And so my little saying, my maxim, the way that I supply meaning, July is my time to fly. July is my time to fly. What do you think that does to my mindset in the morning when I get distracted and waste some time? Do I shame myself or go, no, 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 shake that off? July is my time to fly. I look to the left and compare myself and feel defeated. I look to the right, my civil war. No, 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 no. I don't hate that part of me. I welcome that part of me. And I supply my own meaning as I can reach up and even touch this calendar that's right here. Because July is my time to fly. The kind of people who learn to supply their own meaning are the kind of people who become unblocked. I will tell you right now, you could form a two by two grid for the people who believe they can make their own meaning in life and believe they can charge their own talisman or totem or create or use an object to help them get back on track when they feel like they've lost their way. (laughs) Many people have some kind of object and they use it in different ways, but they've never actively built them. And then some people do or don't believe that they can create their meaning. You can create your meaning and you can put it into an object. Now, what distinguishes us from ancient societies is for ancient societies, it was superstition. If I wear this necklace, I'll go catch the antelope. You know, if I have this tattoo on my body, then I'm not gonna fall in a hole and die. That's superstition. We're not superstitious, but we also don't distance ourselves from their wisdom because we understand that holistic cognition is to charge our minds and our bodies with their full potential. And an object will help us do that. You know, and the people that I've worked with over the years, we've done things like a golf tee, you know, some kind of object they can put on their keychain that reminds them of something, something they put on their desk. I had a teacher uh, that we were working with that on her desk put a jar of sand so she could put her fingers in the sand for what it did for her mentally to center back into a space. Now, what we do in our work, we call it Figure That Shift Out, where we guide you through step-by-step of transformation. What I'm teaching you in Navigate is how to transform yourself, how to create that meaning as you look at what you are doing to surface it and say, how can I become unblocked? Now, we experimented with this a little bit before the recording started, and you can't see it quite, so that's okay. But at the top, it says blocked. And in the middle, it says unblocked. And on the extremes, it says over projecting or over protecting. There's really (laughs) a spectrum here that I've seen everyone I've ever worked with fall onto at some point. In the circumstances of their life that challenge them, they're either over protecting or they're over projecting. And what healthy people do and they live in their transformation is they live unblocked how they supply their own meaning i want you to think about it like a garden hose you take a garden hose water isn't flowing through it do you shame that water hose what's your problem water hose you can't let water flow through you water hose try harder water hose work till 2 a.m. you know when i work with athletes when an athlete is like you know 24/7 in the gym. This is stupid. You can't be in the gym 24/7. You're wear yourself down so much you're going to get you know injuries you can't repair from. The goal isn't to strive to a state. The goal isn't to discipline yourself into a state. The goal is to relax into a state. When you're unblocked, there's a flow through. Ray Bradbury says this. Thinking isn't living. Thinking is the container that holds the living. I will tell you that most adults lose their way and they lose the beauty of childhood because they start to falsely perceive that life is thinking, predicting, planning. And I am all for thinking and predicting and planning and I do it. But once that becomes the main motivation of who I am, I'm over projecting or over protecting. I'm not unblocked. For you and I to be the kind of leaders that we can be. We don't strive. We don't shame ourselves. We don't pressure ourselves. We cooperate with what's happening. There was a scene in the movie The Dark Knight Rises where the Batman character is in this pit. He's lost motivation. He's lost heart. He's lost his way. And then he starts to work out and he's going to discipline his body so that he can get out of this pit. But there's something off about the guiding metaphor of his life. He's not afraid of death, but in not being afraid of death, he just looks at it as a a chance to pursue glory. He wants to go down in a blaze of glory. Thank you, Bon Jovi. He wants to go down in a blaze of glory as he saves Gotham. And he gets this wise counsel from a prisoner that's there. Wouldn't you like a prisoner to show up in your life right now in this deep pit and just say the thing that you need to hear? Um, You know, movies, personify these moments so well. Great movies. So this guy who's in this prison, he's speaking to him and says, the problem is you're not afraid of dying. And because you're not afraid of dying, you're not getting all you need in this moment. Such a powerful insight as he climbed up the wall and he didn't have himself attached to a rope anymore, this third attempt, and makes this leap and gets out. There was a writer who said it this way, I'm gonna butcher this quote, fear either warms your belly or destroys you. And until we surface our meaning for a lot of us, fear destroys us because we over-project and over-protect. But when we learn to let it warm our belly, we're not afraid of the things that cause us to feel terror, we use them for our growth, how? Let's go back to the car. We surface the metaphor, We supply the meaning, and we stabilize with the message. We stabilize with the message. See, when we're in the car and we're navigating, we're guiding our own lives, we have three points of sight, three visionary viewpoints, if you will. We look in the rearview mirror to see where we've come from. We look at the windshield to see the complexity of all our thoughts and our ideas and our feelings, all the struggle. Of whatever our circumstances bring us and we all share in circumstances of struggle right now and we start to lose heart we start to lose motivation we we've charged that talisman now we reach up and we touch it and we stabilize with the meaning every moment we feel insecure every moment we struggle every moment we feel fear we don't resent it we don't willfully try to push more water through we relax with it so that the garden hose unblocks and there's a flow through You are not fulfilled and happy in life unless unless there's an unobstructed expression of who you are into what you do. And the way that you get an unobstructed expression of who you are into what you do, you surface the metaphor, you supply the meaning, and then you stabilize with the message. You keep coming back to that talisman until it no longer serves you. Something will replace my calendar. For now, July is my time to fly. I'll find something else when it needs to be there. I don't have to force it. I don't have to strive for it. I don't have to make it happen. But when I understand the power of cooperating with my circumstances and using an object to keep me motivated and focused, then I'm living the best of behavioral activation and clarification. I'm focusing in the midst of the pain and the fear and the worry, and I'm activated to not only have an unblocked hose, but here's the cool part. To expand it, that I can actually expand the flow-through rate of what's happening. I want to share with you a talisman from my past. This while it looks dangerous, <laughs> is just a golf divot repair tool. And at one point in my life, uh, I didn't resent going out for four hours <laughs> on a Saturday. I can't imagine doing this now. Uh, I wouldn't want to. Um, and, and losing all that time. Instead, I relished it. And I had a friend that I would play golf with. And uh, we would, I lived in the South at the time. We would meet at Cracker Barrel for breakfast. So there's some Cracker Barrel hate in different parts of the, the world, but the country breakfast there is sublime in my opinion. But we would meet at Cracker Barrel and he had come back from a, a golf resort. And he saw what I was doing at that time in my leadership. I was 24, 25 years old. I was striving with all my might. And he said, Chris, you know, I learned something really cool at this school. They told me that I needed to start swinging easier and enjoying the extra distance. That it wasn't about how hard I was swinging, but as I relaxed into my best swing, I would enjoy an extra distance that I could not get through effort, through willpower, through discipline. And he gave me this that day at breakfast and just saying, hey, I was thinking of you while I was there and I wanted to get you this. I carried this around in my pocket for probably the next year, year and a half of my life as I started to fundamentally change how I was leading in a situation of great stress and pressure. I had surfaced the metaphor He had helped supply the meaning. And when I was stressed, I would reach in my pocket and stabilize with the message. This is how we change ourselves. Now the powerful thing is when you reach in your pocket and you stabilize with the message, or you reach up to the rearview mirror and you touch the object, the talisman, and you remember, it changes how you orient in time. And we're gonna talk about that next session. So glad to share this message with you today. So glad for you to be here. Thank you, Daniel.